Welcome to Kodesh Louisville. We invite you to personally discover the life-changing impact of the Word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Harold Eddie He serves as a reverend in the United Denominations, originating of the Lighthouse Group of Churches, with over 3,000 branches worldwide. Reverend Harold currently pastors the Louisville Branch, a vibrant church located in the Kentucky area. We believe this message will give you the grace to strengthen your Christian life. Now listen to Reverend Harold. There's joy in the house of the Lord. What a joy it is to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Monsieur Francois, is somebody taking care of the kids? Just a little. Just keep them. I saw them jumping and rolling on the floor. So at least if something can be just showed to them, just for one person can help them out. Hallelujah. I believe. Shall we rise up to our feet? Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. It's our memory verse for the week. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. If you can put it up for us. But there's one thing in here that I want us to do. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. What does it say? Galatians 6. It said, that, and let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Hallelujah. It said, and let us not be what? Weary in well-doing. Amen. Working for God it's a good thing. Hallelujah. So it's saying that we should not be weary in doing good. Other versions say that we should not be weary in doing good. For in due season, we shall reap what? A reward if we do not faint. Hallelujah. And one of the things that the enemy does is that sometimes he makes you faint. How many of us sometimes you feel like, Charlie, you are trying, but the thing, no, you can relax more. Sometimes it's not working. It's like this Wednesday night thing, Christ, not working. Should I go or I shouldn't go? Amen. But he said that let us not be weary in doing good. This choir thing, is, it looks like every day, choir, choir, it looks like I'm fainting. Do not be weary in doing good. Hallelujah. Working for God is a good thing. Amen. And he says that if we do not faint, it means that as we continue in little, God is going to cause things to expand. God is going to cause, a day will come, you see that the choir will fill up the stage. Some will be standing on the stairs down. Do not be weary in doing good. Because Bible says that in due season, and the Lord also says that as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall never cease. So as long as you are sowing the seeds, as long as you are making effort to put something in your spirit, like trying to get the word in, trying to get prayer in, trying to be among the brethren so that iron will sharpen iron, in due season you will reap the results. If you do not faint. So tonight I want us to pray two prayers. Amen. That God should take away every spirit of weariness in us. Amen. Because you see, that's how Satan works. Satan will cause you to be worried. Like you feel weariness in your spirit. 
It's like sometimes you don't know. I mean, has it happened to you? Sometimes there are some days I'll be there, I'll just, I'll just tell my wife that, you know what, I don't know, but I, I just don't feel good. I just don't feel good. It's not like anything has happened, but you just don't feel it. How many of us have days of such feeling? It's, it's just the devil trying to put weariness in your spirit. Hallelujah. But you are going to refuse it. Amen. So let us not what? Be weary in doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not faint. So pray, take away any weariness and take away the ability for us to faint in the things that we are doing. Hallelujah. That we will continue in the Lord. We'll be strong in the grace that God has given to us. Lift up your voice and pray, 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 pray. Pray for yourself that God will tell, take away every weariness in your spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. Is the spirit that searcheth a man. Is the spirit that knoweth the thought of a man. Therefore tonight, pray and ask the Lord, the Lord, take away every weariness. Weariness, anything that will make me faint. Anything that will make me faint, oh God, in the work that that I am doing. Anything that will discourage me. Sometimes the enemy bring things to discourage us. Sometimes your health is not working well. Sometimes your finances are not in good shape. Sometimes family members are stressing you out. Sometimes academic work is some way. But yet, Bible tells them, do not be weary in doing good. Do not be weary in doing the good thing that God has entrusted into your hands. Because that which God has entrusted into our hands, it is something that he has purposed for us to use. So pray, 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 pray and pray against every weariness. Pray against every weariness. Just move your hand. Do like this. Just move your over your chest like this and say that I pray against weariness in my spirit. Weariness in my spirit, man. Pray against every weariness. Anything that makes you worried. Anything that makes you feel like you need to faint. Anything that makes you not, not be able to stand strong. You are praying tonight and asking for the grace. Bible says that we should come boldly before God. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in times of need. Tonight you have come to God. That Lord Lord, take away weariness. Take away weariness. Take away weariness. Take away weariness. Weariness from the church. Weariness from the ministry. Weariness from the work that we do. Weariness from our hearts. Weariness. Let it come out of us, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Enrich me, Nalamosheke, Mandala Maja. Pray for strength, pray for strength. Pray that God will strengthen you with might by His Spirit in your inner man, that your inner man will be strengthened. Pray that your spirit man will be strengthened. My God, let strength come. For they that wait upon you, they renew their strength. They mount up with wings like eagles. They would run, no oh God, and they will not be weary. They will walk and they will not faint. Therefore, tonight we come. We come as a church. My God, let weariness come out of our heart. Let weariness, let it come out of our heart. Anything that makes us feel like we are fainting. Oh, tonight pour out your grace. Pour out your grace. Pour out your special grace. Pour out your special grace. Oh, man, Oh, Rebecca, the psalmist said, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. It said that my help cometh from the Lord, the one which made the heavens and the earth. The Lord neither sleepeth nor slumbereth. He is the one that is your help. He 
is the one that is your help. All of our help coming from the Lord. So pray that God give me strength. Give me strength. Give me strength in my Christian life. Give me strength in my prayer life. Give me strength in my worship life. Give me strength in the ministry. In the grace that you have given to me. Take away weariness. Let every spirit of weariness. Let every spirit of weariness. Whatever the enemy is causing us to be, be worried about them. Feel like fainting. Hey, from tonight, strength is coming from on high. Lift up your hands and receive that strength. Strength from on high. Strength from on high. Lift up your hands and receive that strength. Strength from on high. It's coming upon the church of God. Let God pray for the grace pray for the grace pray for the grace to carry on pray for the grace not to fail pray for the grace not to fail great grace is coming upon them oh my strength to God strength to God thank you Lord that we will not be weary my strength, my strength, oh, my help, oh, all of my help come from the sing my strength, my strength, sing it again, my strength. My strength, my strength, all of my strength, all of my strength, come from the one more time. I help my help, oh, my help, my help, my help, oh, my help, all of my help, come. Make that confession, my strength, come on, my strength, oh, my strength, my strength, my strength, oh, all of my strength coming from the Lord. Heavenly Father, we receive strength, strength for today. And a bright hope for tomorrow. Release strength, O oh God. Every spirit of weariness. Let that spirit of weariness come out from us, Lord. Anyone that is weary, anyone that is tired, anyone that feels, oh God, that, oh God, their labor is in vain. Let strength arise, oh God. Lord, we lift up our eyes to you tonight. Let strength come. Strengthen us, oh God, with might by your spirit. Strengthen our inner man. Strengthen our limbs. Strengthen our feet. May we keep on running the race, Lord. May we run all the way to the end. Give us strength to be faithful, even to death. Oh, yes, we bless your holy name. We give you praise. My all of my strength come from. Tell the devil tonight, all of my strength come from. My God, my God, all of my strength, all of my strength come and come from my God, my one more time, all of 
out of this place knowing that we came to you and you strengthened us. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Shall we have our seat before the Lord? Oh, I feel strength has come. Tell the person sitting by you, I feel strength. Tell him, I feel strength. Tell him, I don't know about you, but me, I feel strengthened. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a joy. Put your hands together for our fantastic instrumentalists. Amen. Hallelujah. When they are here, the atmosphere is different. Yeah, it's, it's the truth. La. When they are here, the atmosphere is different. When they are not here, the atmosphere is also different. But it still works. Amen. What a joy it is. Are you excited to be here? The psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Last time I began to talk to us, I was preaching from our prophet's book, Church Planting. And we started talking about church expansion. Bro, you are sitting out of coverage area. Come within coverage. Yeah. Uh-huh. Amen. <coughs> Hallelujah. <coughs> are you still here? So we started talking about you know, we're, we're deliberating on, is the church of God really expanding? Hallelujah. Day in and day out, you hear that some new movement has come here. There's a new church here. And you begin to see that exciting things are happening and people just move to that church. Hallelujah. But truly, when you look into it, you realize that the kingdom of God is not really expanding. There's what we call shifting cultivation. Hallelujah. People are not really giving their life to Christ. And lately our prophet has been preaching about that. Don't be, don't, don't be deceived to think that everybody is saved. Can I have an amen? amen? Don't be deceived to think that everybody is saved. Amen. Because when the conversation gets to a certain corner, you realize that people are sitting here tonight and they are not sure if we die right now whether they are going to heaven or they are going to hell. Hallelujah. So let us not assume that everybody is saved. People are just moving from church to church. And as a result of that, the church is also relaxing. But it's about time that the church will rise up and begin to preach the real gospel. The gospel, the Bible says that unto them that perish, it is foolishness. But unto them that are saved, it is the power of God unto what? Resurrection. Hallelujah. It is that power that causes a person to come for salvation. It is that power that is in the word. And therefore, the church of God must rise up and begin to preach the word again. Can I have an amen? Are you still here? So the church of God is still just not advancing, but the church of God is like, people are moving from. When you see people come to the church, they are coming from another church. They were offended. That is why they came here. But we want the day to come where somebody will come and stand here and say that I was a drunkard. I was this. I was this. And because one member from the church came to preach to me, my life has been changed. Real testimonies. 
real testimonies. That is where the church must go to. That is why becoming a soul winner or rising up to evangelize is the most important thing that God needs from us. The church is not advancing or expanding except we go. Hallelujah. In Matthew chapter 28 from verse 18. Say, and Jesus Christ came and spake unto them that all power has been given to me both here on earth and in heaven. Then he said that, go ye into the world and preach the gospel. He said, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. He said, teaching them to observe whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. And I believe Sunday our prophet was teaching us. Witnessing. Going to witness to somebody and then following up. And then when you follow up, you gather the people. That is what happens and there is a church. The great commission cannot be accomplished unless there is a gathering. Unless the people have come together. Unless we have, we have gathered people and we are preaching the gospel to them. You see, every time I say that, this is the underground church. You come here to be equipped, but we must use what, if not, we have the principle of shining and reshining, or polishing and repolishing. It's like you take the coin. You shine it, you shine it, you shine it, you shine it. Then when you finish, you put the coin on the floor again. Then you take it and you shine it. That is when we come and we receive the word, we receive the word, we receive the word. And then we go back. And then the next time we actually think about the word that we have heard was when we came to church. It's polishing and repolishing and repolishing and repolishing. This is what is happening in the kingdom of God. But the church must rise up. Can I have an Amen. Are you still here or you have gone home? So we must understand that God clearly has commissioned us to go and to preach the gospel and to teach the nations. Teaching cannot happen unless there is a gathering. Teaching can never happen unless there is a gathering of the people. Hallelujah. And I pray that God will give us the grace. Hallelujah. Today I want to talk to us from chapter 3. He said that the work of a church planter. The work of a church planter. We are believing God to start a church on the south side. So every Saturday from 4, we go and we witness. I'm telling you, we've been following up with the people who have given their life to Christ. And then when you text them, they respond. Sunday, those are our three guys who were here. They wanted to come. But one overslept. That's why they didn't come. They, they, they texted to apologize for not coming. I think it's a good sign. I think it's a good sign. Say so they like it. And so they will come again. Hallelujah. Lives must change as we go. Hallelujah. That's why everybody that is sitting here must be involved. Check with the person sitting by you. Are you involved or you are chilling out? Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What mind was on, in Christ Jesus? Christ Jesus went all out to die because he knew that at the end of it, he was accomplishing the will and the heart of the Father. That all men will come to the saving knowledge of Christ. Hallelujah. Paul's last words. He was telling the people, he said, do the work of the evangelist. After he said, that, do the work of the evangelist, he said, now I'm ready to die. A person's last words are so important. That's why Jesus Christ's last words was to go. And to preach the gospel to all nations and baptize them. It is so important because that is what it is. That is what it is. I pray that God will help us. Can I have an amen? 
So in this chapter 3, the work of a church planter. Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 8 to 10. A lot of times, I quote a lot, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has foreordained, that we should walk in them. It's like you are a tool, you are, you are a workmanship, it's like you are a tool in the hands of God to do his work. How nice it is. But before that statement came, the, before verse 8, he said that, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourself. So before he said that you are his workmanship, he was reminding us, you know, of the fact that we have been saved by grace. It is not of works, lest any man should boast. We have been saved by grace. It is by the grace of God that you and I, we have been saved, not of works, lest any man, what, should boast. Then he goes on and says that, for we are his workmanship. It means that Christ saved us only so that we can become his workmanship. Are you seeing that? So it means that if Christ has saved you and you are not his workmanship, you are not a tool in his hands, it means that Christ, is it, am I justified to say that it looks like Christ has wasted his blood? Maybe not that one. Are you still here? So by grace we are saved. Then he said that now you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has foreordained that we should walk in there. So when Christ was saving you, he had in mind that there are certain works that you must do. That's why we're talking about the work of a church planter. And it's the, the reason for saying that the work of a church planter is that the main purpose of God is that there will be a gathering and there will be teaching. If not, he will not say that. Teaching them to observe, there must be teaching. There must be teaching. That is why sometimes just going and witness and then having a crusade. A crusade in itself is not accomplishing the Great Commission unless after the crusade, people are gathered and somebody teaches them to grow in the Lord. That's why when our prophets go to every village and they have crusade, when they finish, they buy a land, they build a church, and then they begin to feed people. That the people will be established in the Lord. Is somebody here or you have gone home? Hallelujah. He said the Bible makes it clear that our works do not save us. We are not going to heaven because of our good works. Neither are we saved from hell because of our good works. We are saved by grace. Our salvation is from the Lord. You cannot do anything to earn salvation. You cannot be good enough to qualify for heaven. Our best is not good enough. Works cannot and will never qualify us for heaven. It is by grace. It is by grace that a sinner like me, I have the chance and I have the opportunity even to become a preacher of the word of God. Are you still here? For our righteousness are as filthy rags before God. Bible says that it is in sin that our mother conceived. You see, sin, my mother conceived in sin. So just when you were born, you had a degree in sinning. Yeah. Sometimes don't you wonder that this little girl who is sitting there doesn't know if a grandma or somebody takes this thing for her, she takes her hand to smack it's like, where did she know that thing from the inside that our mother caused it? thing, it is inside. Yeah, when they are breastfeeding, then they are biting you. 
Where did that wickedness come from? The same breast that is feeding you, you decide to bite it. Hey! It's like the thing, no, it's inside us. Oh, but because of the grace of God. I say because of the grace of God. Are you still here? It said, notice how that the portion of Ephesians that talks about salvation not by works is the same that talks about us being what created for good works. He said that this means that after we are saved, we get into what? We get into the good works that Christ has prepared for us. Many Christians relax because they know that they are saved by grace and not by works. They feel that they are already what? Destined to go to heaven. All we have to do is to sit back, relax, enjoy and enjoy the right to heaven. He said, thank God for the right to heaven. But upon arrival, questions are going to be asked. After you are saved and you get to heaven, they will, they will ask you questions. Sister Praise, I gave you a voice. What did you do with it? Now you realize that the thing is getting serious. Because the voice was given to only you. And they mentioned your name. You realize, you see, sometimes when you go to, uh, uh, oh, you can go wherever you are going. I just use you as an example. Yeah, it's okay. You realize that you have gone to a wedding or you have gone to a place and they say that, you know, people are seated by names. You see, you'll be walking around the table. You walk around the table. First table, your name is not on it. Second table, your name is not on it. As soon as you see, because it's about food, as soon as you see the third table, your name is there, you, you, you get a smile on your face. Then you pull a chair and you sit down. Because that gift, that grace, God gave it to you and then he put your name on it. That is why it is so dangerous to have something and not use it for God. You would arrive in heaven, but there will be questions. Is somebody still here or you have gone home? And Bishop explains to us about the two judgments. That there will be two types of judgments. There is the judgment that is going to happen at the, the white throne. The judgment that happens at the white throne. At the white throne is where they decide who is going to heaven and who is going to hell. And then there is going to be another judgment that is about the works. Because the books of works will be open. Can I have an Amen. That is why you come to understand that when you get to heaven, in heaven there are levels and there are layers. There are, there, are, there are areas. You can be close to the throne, you can be far away in the chicken coop. That you made it to heaven. But you, you are at the gate. You are far away from the glory. Are you still here or you have gone home? Hallelujah. Revelations chapter 20 from verse 11 to 13. So you see that God is not going to judge us the way he would judge the rest of the world. He has prepared an extra judgment for believers. The Bible talks about two different thrones of judgment. The white throne will be the place of judgment for the world. Christians will be judged at a different seat called the judgment seat of Christ. So there is the white throne judgment and there is the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ is for what? The believers. 
Those who have, been be, who have believed. That's why he said that it is by grace you are saved, not of works, lest any man should boast. So as you have been saved, now you qualify for the judgment seat of Christ. That's where you are going to stand. That they call you, they say, Pastor Hans. Then you appear. Now, they're going to open the books to see your works. Are you still here? Or are we learning something? The white throne is the supreme court of heaven. This is where they decide to admit you to heaven or not. But there is another judgment seat for believers. So Revelation 20, 11 to 10 says that, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. Hallelujah. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the book according to their works. According to what? Their works. They were judged based on the things that have been written in the books. Either your name is in the book of life or your name is in the book of life and your name also is in the book of works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And the dead and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. According to their what? According to their faith? According to their, their children? According to how many children you have? According to your beauty? According to your title? It was according to their works. Are you still here? How many of us are seeing the judgment throne, the one that we are going to? Hey! He said, the book of life and the book of works. It is essential that your name be in all important books of life. This determines whether you would enter into heaven at all. That's the decision. Oh, may our names be found in the book of life. Say, may our names be found in the book of life. At least, if not at all, may our name be in the book of life. When all is said and done, may we qualify to make it. Are you still here? But the scripture shows us that there are books that also have the records of all the works we do. This is the book of works. This book was also open. It contains records of our works. It will show the record of churches that have been planted. The dead will be judged out of these books according to their works. Hey! If you are supposed to be a part of a church planting activity and you decide me, I don't want to be bothered, the books will be open. And when the books are open, Hey, Pastor, is it everybody that must be involved in church planting and all those things? It looks like we have no choice. We have no choice. We can never fulfill the great commission except that there is teaching. Teaching can only happen when there is a gathering. 
And when there is a gathering, that the gathering is what is the church. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there he is in their midst. He stands in the middle of them. Are you still here? Are you still here? So the word of God is clearly teaching us that the books of works. He said when the book was opened, that is the book of, and another book was opened, will your name be found in the other book? Will your name be found in the other book? After you are saved, that is not it. Because it is our works that will follow us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even doing the right work. Even doing the right work. Ahead of a man of God, after he has done evangelism and all those things, preached, you know, was doing all those things, has gone everywhere. For 10 years, he was doing crusades. Then one day, the Lord appeared to him and said that you've not even scratched the surface of the call that I have for you. The calling I have for you is not an evangelist. You have been called, first of all, to be a teacher. Just teaching the people my word. But you have made yourself an evangelist. Papa Hagen, also he was preaching, and then he slipped and he fell, and he broke his arm, and he went to the hospital. As he was seeing him, the sick bed, the Lord Jesus walked into his room, and then pulls a chair and sits down. Then he said, Lord, why did you break my arm? Do you want to know what the Lord told him? The Lord said that I called you first to be a prophet, and then you, you are standing in a pulpit and you are saying that you are a teacher. That is why I broke your arm. If I did not do that specifically, if I did not do that, thank God that I did this to catch your attention. If I did not do that, you are not going to live beyond the age 55. You are not going to live beyond the age 55. But after he declared that he's a prophet, he lived into his 80s. Can you see how this thing is very, very important? The book of works. Tell somebody the book of works. Ask them, is your name in the book of life? And is your name also in the book of works? Hallelujah! The judgment seat of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 from verse 9 to 10. He said, wherefore, we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. We work here so that whether we are absent or we are present, that we may be absent. That's what the Bible says that absent from the body is being present with the Lord. That's why precious are the death of the saints. If you have actually been in the Lord and then you die, it is precious in the sight of God. Hey, I remember recently I was teaching and then there was something I was teaching about what happened, uh, end of life stuff and then we saw things about reincarnation and all those things, and people began to ask questions. It turned into a sermon. It turned into a preaching session. I was praying, no, 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 by delay. All over the place. But the truth is the truth. When you die, your spirit and your soul is taken out. The body is empty. And it's your spirit and your soul that will stand before God. Some people die and their spirit is not resting. If, if you like, don't rest. You will still be judged. You can move about, you will still be judged. Don't rest. Don't rest. Did you see that? Bible says that it said that those who died in the sea, people who were to away in, 
to come to America and they were thrown in the sea. They said that when the judgment day come, the sea will give them up to be judged. So it doesn't matter. He said that me, I, I, I died in a plane crash. The, everything was bent. When the judgment comes, the plane will give you up. <laughs> hey! But your spirit and your body is not there. As soon as you give your last breath, taken out of you. Hallelujah. Are you still here? It says that for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. So whatever we do, the books will be opened. If your name is not found in the book of life, you see, so if somebody is doing the work of God, you mean I'm doing the work, and then you have not secured your spirit, your spirit and your soul, you are not born again. It's because you can be doing the work and you are not born again. Do you know that? You can be doing the work. That's why people will say that, Lord, Lord, but we did A, B, and C, and they say, I do not know you depart. Because I said you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. Let me tell you, the name of Jesus, it works. It works for everybody. Even somebody who is smoking weed and then see something flying and say that, Jesus! That thing will respond to the name Jesus. It doesn't matter. Because the name of Jesus, it works. That's why God will move. God loves his church. You know, God loves his church. You can have a pastor who is sinning heavily. But the anointing, there's an anointing that comes upon that anointing, God puts it upon us for a function. It's the unction to function. That the person can mount up the stage and do whatever they have to do. But as for at the background, you are blowing the women in the church. Fully. Because the power of God, God loves his church because the church is his bride. So God would do things to bless his church. That's why if you're a leader in the church, you have to you have to fight to be connected. Can you say that, hey, you know, now that I've become a pastor, it's like I have arrived. Hey! You must work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Because when we appear before heaven, there's nothing like rev. And there's nothing like shining stars. We shall all appear before the judgment throne of God. Every man, every woman, and the book shall be opened. Hey, when I was in it, I was like, I was old though. I was 90 something years old. It doesn't matter. Everybody will be judged as the books are open. Are you still here? Or are you getting something from the message? Are you getting something from the message? Every good work. And then Bishop talks about the mountain of foolishness. He said believers are going to receive judgment for what they do in their bodies. We must work the work of Jesus. Jesus went about every place. He was doing good. He was preaching the gospel. Turning people around for Christ. Those are the works that we must do. Those are the most important things. And I must submit to us that you see, that is the most important. It doesn't matter. There are so many things in this world. We can become anything else that we can become. But we must do that 
seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And the Bible says that all other things shall be added unto us. Are you still here? We must work the works of Jesus. The things we treasure are going to be are going to lose their value in the moment of death. Everything that has been gathered and accumulated will become a mountain of foolishness. Our accumulated wealth, houses, degrees, clothes, and shoes will stand as a testimony to our faithlessness. It's like, as we are focusing on gathering things for ourselves, that is what is going to stand against us. It's going to testify against us. That God put in your heart to do something for him. But you looked at over time. To choose over time over that. You will see what you accomplish with that over time. But at the end of the day, that thing now becomes a witness against you. That you have no works. That's why I say it is a mountain of what? Foolishness. Are you still here? We never believed in the resurrection. We never believed that we would resurrect and live again in eternity. It's talking about how after we have mounted all these wealth, wealthy things. It says our accumulated perishables will witness against us in, uh, in this day. They will speak to heaven and declare he was faithless. He did not obey you. He did not believe. He did not believe his heart was on the treasures of this world. May the Lord exempt us from such a statement. May he exempt us. Now when all is said and done, may he come to the point that you can, you can stand before God and God will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. May he say, well done to us. May he say, my son, my daughter, you have done very well. Then he talks about a basket of fruits. Say, so one day you would wake up and find that you are in heaven. Say amen to that. One day you appear, you get up and hey, the street is gold. Then the plants are dancing and then they are singing, they are worshipping. You'll be shocked. You look around and say that, hey, I made it. But they say that on that day, what will you have in your hand, basket of fruits for the glory of God or mountain of foolishness that testifies against you. Dear friend, only one thing follows you to heaven, your good works. Revelations 14, 13. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, write, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the spirit that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. There's nothing, when you've, you've gone to funerals and they say that, oh, Mr. So-and-so has died. He's going to go there and continue his work in heaven. Hey, there are no works in heaven that you are going to do. If you have some works, do them here because those works are going to follow you. That is why when you die, they write on your tomb, rest in peace. Yeah. When you die, the working is over. When we go to heaven, the only work we do in heaven is worship. That's the only thing we do in heaven. We worship the king of kings, the lord of lords. Bible says that the four and twenty elders, 
Only thing that they do, they cut down their crown and they say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. That's why you must learn how to worship here. When they are worshiping you, you have folded your hands. You must learn. Because if not, when you get to heaven, you'll be a stranger. You will not know how to worship. Are you still here? You have gone home. Can we finish this? Hallelujah. It says that, save the spirit, they rest from their labor and their works. Do follow them. May the Lord help us. May the Lord provide for us. May the spirit of God energize us and enable us. This works, oh. There are people around you that need to be saved. Somebody got to know who Jesus is. Everybody got to know. Your boss got to know who Jesus is. Yeah, last Saturday or so when we, we went to uh, evangelism, one brother told our brother Alan here that he said that he believes in himself. He feels, believes that. He was shocked. He was shocked that somebody would say that as for him, he doesn't believe in anything. He believes in himself. One guy, he was smoking some cigar. When we started talking to him, he said that, he, you know, he asked him, how many years have you been in ministry? He said, I say about, you know, been, I've been a while. He said, I'm 38 years old. I was born next to a church. I don't believe those things. Hey! So, being born is like, my house was here. This was a church. So, he doesn't believe anything. As we're talking, man, it's a spirit. As I said, I was born next to a church, and I'm from Cuba. I don't believe in these things. Hey! Hey! But someday, Paul planted, Apollos watered, as the Lord that bringeth an increase. Someday, somebody will also go and talk to them. Maybe that will be the day that that person will give their life to Christ. When you appear before God, you sow the seed. That's why I say the seed time and harvest shall never cease. That's what I'm saying. We say, let the church grow, church grow, church grow. The church grow. When we go out and we talk to people, we give God a cause to grow his church. Let us not be fighting, worrying about anything else. But let us accomplish the great commission. Hallelujah. I believe that the Lord will help us. Do you believe that the Lord will help us? Let me read some concluding statements that our bishop there said. Many years ago, in 1982, I was in the medical school. I remember going for my first anatomy lecture. There, they said there was so much to write. We wrote down a lot of notes. As the professor continued lecturing, I began to wonder whether I was, uh, I was expected to write everything. He said, I asked myself, are all these things important? The lecturer continued his extensive and what detailed lecture on the introduction to anatomy. He taught us different anatomical terms like pronation, supination, uh, external rotation, internal rotation, etc. They are all words in range of motion exercise, part of that. He said, my, he said, my notes that day almost filled my notebook. So you have to respect medical students. Oh. You have to respect that you add students. You just go history. Then you go and read the book. Respect that. Then he goes on. He said, 
During the class, I asked a friend, Caroline, he said, do you think we are in the right place? I remember when we were going to do the fast track lesson and then a pathophysiology, when the lecturer came, he took the big book. The book was big, oh. Took the book and they came to sit in the class and just said, you are going to have two tests. You need to pass both of them to go through. First test is over 30 something chapters. The second test, you have six weeks. So first three weeks, you take one. The next three weeks, that very day, seven people said they will not do the fast track. They changed their mind. They say, we will slow it down. We have to slow it down. If your heart cannot take it, you slow it down. Hallelujah. So he said, he asked Caroline that, are we in there? And she said, no. I, he said, I don't think so. So she told me that she was thinking of leaving the school. And I said, I was also thinking of quitting. We could not imagine seven years of this torture. I thought seven years would never come to an end. He said, we could have waited for seven years. He said, that it was too long. But gradually, the years came to pass and we finished school. The seven years I thought would never come has come and gone. Now it's been 22 years since I went to medical school. He said, uh, it's what, 22 years since I asked that question. The point I am trying to make is that eternity, which seems so far, will soon be, will soon be, be on us. He said, I thought seven years will never come by. Some of us think eternity will never arrive. We do not believe in the phrase, in the, in the phase two of our lives. He said, we do not, he said, he said, we do not believe in the phase two of our lives. He said, our time on earth is short. Very soon, we will all be in heaven. We will wonder why we thought we would live on earth forever. Hallelujah. Who would have thought that the church, we are 11 years, January 20th, this church, we celebrated our 11 years. Who would have thought? Who, how, how old is the Lexington church? Three years. Who would have thought it will be three years? The same way the south side church will become one year. And the east side will become one year. And then the, across the bridge will become one year. And everywhere else God has given to us would also grow. I want to conclude my message. Two types of judgment. The white throne and the judgment seat of Christ. Our name should be in the book. And both of them we will qualify and will pass. Shall we rise up? My message title is The Work of the Church Planter. Don't put judgment seat. Uh, sometimes I go and I see on the, uh, on the podcast, they just pick a sort of God. It is a privilege. So all this, it makes me feel that, you know, if you belong to a church where they are not talking about some of these things, then we are really missing out big time. 
Because it's like we just go to church. And, but the great commission cannot be accomplished when there is no setting of gathering the people and teaching them. Hallelujah. There'll be small, small churches in our homes. You've gathered five people, you are teaching them. You have accomplished the great commission. Somebody will come and come to know the Lord. Father, we bless you and Father, we thank you. Lift up your voice and talk to him. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Pray and ask the Lord to help you to work the works. The works of Jesus Christ. Ask him to help you that you put your hands to the plow. That you will not just want your name to be in the book of life, but your name should also be in the book of works. Father, whatever work, whatever assignment, whatever job that you have for us, I pray, oh God, that we would execute it in the mighty name of Jesus. For this life is not our own, Lord. To you it belongs. You made us for your pleasure. You created us, oh God, unto good works. I pray tonight that give us the grace not to be weary, not to be tired, oh God. But show us, for the Lord knows them who are his. The calling of God is without repentance. No matter how far back you have left the works of God, the assignment, the purpose that God has called you unto, tonight is a good night to tell him that, Lord, I am coming back. Coming, Lord, coming unto thee. Wash me, cleanse me by the blood that flows on Calvary. Father, that blood that was shed, Lord, to set us free. And because of that salvation, we have become your workmanship, created unto Christ Jesus unto good works. Father, we are coming back, we are coming back. From whence thou hast fallen, Bible says that rise up and repent. Rise up and put your hands back to the plow. Oh, yes. I hear thy welcome voice. That calls me on to thee. Proclaim. Oh, the blood that flows on Calvary. One more time. I am coming, Lord. I'm coming. Wash me, wash me, cleanse me by the blood that flows on Calvary. Every eye is closed. Maybe as I was preaching, you are not even certain, you are not even sure if your name is in the book of life. You've given your life to Christ before. You are a Christian. But for a minute, you wondered if your name is truly in the book of life. You want to say that, Pastor, pray with me. 
Wherever you are, I want you to lift your right hand. You want to rededicate your life to Jesus. You want to say that, Lord, rewrite my name in the book of life. There's not a time to be ashamed. Just lift that right hand above your head. To the Lord, I give you my heart again. Every eye is closed. It's a very important time. I want to say, Jesus, I invite you back into my life. Write my name in the book of life. Just pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come back to you and I give you my heart. I give you my soul. Come and live in my heart and be my Lord and my Savior. Please write my name in the book of life. From today, please write my name in the book of works. Let your Holy Spirit energize me to do the works of Jesus Christ. Preaching the gospel, following up, gathering the people. That your presence may dwell with us. We thank you, Lord, for saving us in Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Take out a good We believe the word of God has actually come down to you and you have been blessed. Come join our services at 4200 Bellrad Drive in Louisville, Kentucky, this and every Sunday at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Thank you.